0: Good morning. It is Monday, December 19th. It is five minutes after 11. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. And Rob Kendall is on vacation. And filling in today, we have Brad Klopfenstein. Thanks for coming in this morning. Good morning, Brad. Casey.
2: What, what do you think of my warm glow over here? <laughs>
0: You've got the ring light shining right on your beautiful face, huh?
2: <laughs> well, I realize that I'm all backlit here. Mm-hmm. If that thing's not on. So it, I do this for our, our online viewers.
0: Is it giving you any heat? Because no, as we no. just discussed, sometimes the it's, studio is... see those
2: LEDs don't, just don't get it done like <laughs> the old incandescents did, so no. It's,
0: so you're not going to snuggle up to a ring light. No. Uh, so let's talk about what's going on with pharmacies and medicine, Brad. Pharmacies around the country are facing the issue of certain medicines being in short supply. In fact, there's a pharmacy in Terre Haute that is saying that they're running out of medicine. Their, uh, their um, pharmacist said that because of RSV... And COVID and the flu and numbers rising, they're short on amoxicillin, Zithromax, and Tamiflu, as well as some over the counter antibiotics that they can't find. You can't get them at this pharmacy in Terre Haute because they're out. No. U T out.
2: Now, so Casey, everyone seems to be getting sick. If mm-hmm. you, JMV was on this morning. Um, On Tony Katz's show with uh, Craig, who was filling in with him, Mm -hmm. JMV sounded awful. Since I saw you last Monday, I tested positive for influenza A, and I'm now back up and and fine. But I'm still waiting on a prescription to be filled (laughs) that was called in for me. They just don't have
0: it. Is it Tamiflu? And you're supposed to take that before you have the flu or yeah, right yeah, that, at the onset. Yeah, that's kind of on the, the It's probably front a little too late for you No, this for is that. some
2: sort of cough medicine with codeine, so mm-hmm. oh. I'll, I'll, I'll pick that prescription up
3: when it's just ready. Just waiting
0: for a, <laughs> a Bill Murray line from Stripes. It's, it's the cough medicine. Um, it, you seem to recover pretty quickly from that.
3: Uh,
2: I was down. So, let's see. I was here Monday. Monday afternoon, I started not feeling good. Mm-hmm. I went to the clinic Tuesday, and they're like, hey, you've got lymph influenza A and I was down.
0: They stick a swab up your nose or yeah. how they oh, test for that? Yeah,
2: they double swabbed me. Yeah. So it's they they did both COVID and influenza A and they be, were back like 10 seconds later they go, "We've never had somebody test so fast for influenza you A. You are
0: positive." Yeah, so okay. So
2: I laid low, mostly was just tired and then Friday I was finally back up and and rolling. So fortunately I took my computer home and I Work kind of half days from home and mm-hmm. and rested, but yeah, it, it wasn't pleasant, but it wasn't as bad as COVID.
0: I'm totally going to do a mom moment. Um, you don't have any symptoms currently, do you? I do like, not. You don't I have a fever? For, no, I don't You're have six a fever. You're sick, stay home.
2: No, I, I, am, I am good. I was able
0: to go out. I seed Lawrence Winterfest both Friday night and Saturday night. Okay. Um. Well, Biden's advisor, Hashish Yah, he's brushing off shortages of certain medications, such as... Children's Tylenol, also amoxicillin. He said demand is unprecedented. Let's take a listen.
1: And I want to talk about some anecdotal evidence about the lack of medicines like children's Tylenol, amoxicillin. You say the supply is out there, manufacturing is out there, and you're going to work to get that supply. Into pharmacies? How do you do that?
4: Are people hoarding? No, so here's what's happening. Um, we constantly, FDA, uh, the health department, constantly track supply, making sure that manufacturing is going well, that the distribution is going well. Right now, manufacturing is going 24 7. Supply is good. Demand is unprecedented for all the reasons you laid out. We have more RSV, flu, COVID out there. So that demand, that increased demand, is what is causing at moments spot outages in certain places our job is to make sure that that supply continues in fact ramps up further and that we get it into stores that i am confident will continue to happen
0: he said supply is good yet there's shortages doesn't that mean supply not good. is not adequate
2: i think they're manufacturing at 100 percent capacity however there are so many people that are sick mm-hmm. um, Went to a family uh, function yesterday, and one of the nieces was saying that in her kid's school, like, the kid had four different um, substitute teachers because all the regular teachers were out and sick. So, mm-hmm. let me ask you, yeah. is this going to affect your holiday plans?
0: Um, no. 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 It won't affect mine. I mean, I might wash my hands a little bit more, but no. I'm, S- I'm, I'm not going to live in fear that I might get sick. Well, that's good. What about you?
2: Um, I've already had it. I don't care. Yeah, your holiday
0: plans are done. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, well, you know, it's something that it's. I've had this in my notes for a while. So you actually brought this story to my attention, and I'm kind of glad you did. 70%, 70% of powdered amoxicillin, which is what you tend to give children. Is made in China. I'm shocked by this. 70% of our amoxicillin is made in China.
2: I'm a little surprised that the other 30% isn't made in China.
0: So, of course, we're experiencing supply chain issues and low supply. Yeah,
2: China's still not at 100% capacity on pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. And then then getting it here i think that they've resolved some of the issues that they're they're having at the ports but again this goes back to we need to bring some of this manufacturing back to the western hemisphere to alleviate some of our supply problems mm-hmm. because if we're not making it ourselves
0: ultimately we're beholden to other countries to are. keep us healthy When 70% of powdered amoxicillin is made in China, and that's not the only thing, 70% of contrast used in CT and MRI scans, also made in China.
2: Hmm. So, come on, Honduras. Step up your game.
0: Well, you know what? Hey, Todd Young wants us to make chips here in Indiana with the Chips Act. How about we make our own medicine here?
2: I think that's probably where we should start Mm -hmm. some of the things that are a little bit more technical and a little we need it when we need it we need it now um and this is showcasing that yeah we can't wait for it to float over here or even fly over here we just need to have it here
0: right it is 11 minutes after 11 this is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC so it's going to be a wild expensive race for governor huh
2: It's shaping up to be that way, especially when Mike Braun can self-fund. And, uh, yeah, Suzanne Crouch, I know, has, what, a couple million dollars in the bank? Mm -hmm. And Eric Dowden is, uh, I know that he's, well, he's been in the race now for two years, but I think he's got about a million and a half dollars. And those are just the ones that are in. if Trey Hollingsworth would decide to get in, um, he could Mm self-fund. So, I, I do have a question. How much is too much money? And I, I know on one side of the coin, money is free speech. Mm-hmm. Money allows you to get your message out when people like WIBC do not necessarily cover you. But on the other hand, it's a job that pays, what, 150, dollars $175,000 a year. You're spending... 20 times that, probably 50 times that to run and win the office. And then you've got people that are spending an equal amount that also lose. Mm -hmm. So, at what point is there too much money rolling in? I mean, this this last round... But um, Kyle Walker, I think they, the Republicans spent close to a million and a half dollars on one Senate seat. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to joke, I could not open my oven without getting a Kyle Walker ad.
3: <laughs> and
2: and I, I, I only marginally live next to his district. Mm-hmm. So so is the, let me ask you, is there too much money that goes into campaigns and politics getting people elected?
0: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but- Congress tried to rail in campaign finance, and the Supreme Court said that was unconstitutional. Right. So we tried to pull the levers on that to bring spending back in, and it just didn't work. So Richie Rich guy now can spend his money on what he wants. So,
2: and what responsibility do the voters have to look to see where the money is coming from for the people they're voting for? Mm-hmm. It's sadly, I think a lot of voters say, "Oh, I've heard this person's name a lot," mm-hmm. and they they buy into the attack
0: and, ads, right? But they, they don't look to see. Are you aware that that came from a contribution from right. this rich guy who yeah. now? Who's the
2: money behind the candidate? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think as voters, we need to do a better job of discerning. Who is paying for this? And is this candidate bought and sold?
0: Yeah, Uh, that's a really good point because if it is Richie Rich Guy using his own money, he's less beholden to someone who's financing his campaign. Um, So, I mean, what are you gonna do if you've got that much money? It's yours to spend how you want. Some people buy Twitter. Some people buy the Washington Post.
2: (laughs) I want to be that crazy Texas oil man.
0: I mean, there's no limit. Donald Trump spent a fraction of what Hillary Clinton did in 2016. And you can't create laws telling people what they can and can't do with their money. You can't tell Richie Rich guy what he can spend his money on, just like you can't restrict what marginalized people can spend their money on it's just not fair um, governments you know but government can't pick winners and losers for you that's up to the american people fortunately, to pick winners and losers
2: fortunately there is not enough money out there for a horrible candidate to overcome the fact that they are a horrible candidate Mm -hmm. but it does certainly put them in the mix and yeah we've seen a lot of people in indiana who have gotten elected because they've had a financier Mm -hmm. and some of these people are not necessarily the best candidates nor elected officials
0: yeah well and if you do want to run and you don't have the money you got to figure it out. I mean, Donald Trump did. He uh, Clearly, we're talking scales here. Of course, Donald Trump has a lot of money. But he didn't spend as much as Hillary Clinton did in 2016, and he ended up, you know, doing all right.
2: So for the Indiana governor's race, you've got to cover a half dozen media markets.
0: Mm-hmm. It, you, yes, it's an, expen- that- it's an expensive state to run a statewide campaign. In because you have to get Chicago TV market, you've mm-hmm. got to get Fort Wayne, you have to get Indianapolis, you also have to buy in Cincinnati, and even Evansville.
2: Evansville, Louisville, mm-hmm. South Bend, right. Terre Haute, um, potentially even Dayton. Mm-hmm. Um, does it mean the best finance candidate is going to win?
0: Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, Hopefully one with the best message or the best vision wins. I
2: would like to think so. It's not always the case. Yeah, I, I, I would love to run a race sometime. I've run for office, I don't know, four or five times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the most money I ever had was like, 10 grand. Mm-hmm. I would love to have a campaign that even had $150,000. I, I would like to think I could use it wisely and, and leverage it to get more.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I would like to think that I have a fairly good message that resonates. But yeah, it's, it's oftentimes the best messages just for lack of financing never get heard.
0: You have to be like Ron DeSantis. And we've got this uh, later on that we might uh, have time to talk about that. He, he knows at least seven millionaires. Because (laughs) DeSantis had seven donors who each gave him more than a million dollars.
2: So we're going to see how, I think we might see how many millionaires Abdul knows
0: (laughs) (laughs) in the next few months. Possibly. It's 17 minutes after 11 with the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Whether
4: it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk
0: to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Congress is trying to wrap up its remaining must-pass bills before leaving for the holidays. Trying to hamstring some important tasks together funding government operations. And they're also trying to avert a partial government shutdown. And uh, I think we're on the same page with this. Brad? Come
2: on, shut down. Come on, shut down.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are we what are we looking at here? They exempt everything from the post office. They exempt Social Security. They exempt VA clinics. They exempt all active military. I mean, you know, so... So they don't really shut gonna, down. They're going to close parks. Right. They don't shut down
2: much, and mm-hmm. then they will parade all the cameras out, so they won't let the cameras into the border and mm-hmm. where all, all the refugees are, but they will take them to the park, and they will show a park ranger going... Going out there with a with a barricade that says "Sorry, folks, parks closed." Moose <laughs> out front should have told you. Right. So that that that, that is coming. But yes, it, there is so much non-critical government function mm-hmm. which I'm all for the shutdown. But the the problem is when they reopen the government, and then eventually they will. Every single time, they pay all these people back pay Mm -hmm. for all the time that they weren't getting their check. So all it does is defer the payment, but then we don't get any of the labor. So it is the worst of all worlds. But I would love this to be an example of we can live just fine without all of this government Let's cut it.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so Kevin McCarthy says that we can't afford to continue to spend the way the Democrats have.
2: Amen, brother.
0: Agree, agree, agree. And I think we would all be shocked at how little the federal government touches our daily lives. I mean you probably you, you could probably go weeks without even realizing if they were shut down. In the
2: back, back in the olden times, the only the only way you even knew that there was a federal government was you got mail on a daily basis and occasionally the kid down the road mm-hmm. joined the Navy.
0: Well, and that's the thing, when they exempt everything like the post office and social security and the VA clinics and active military You're still getting those services like you're talking about. You're still getting your mail.
2: I I should have done more research on this. My guess is they maybe shut down 15 or 20 percent of what the federal budget is, the rest of it is still just plowing right along Mm -hmm. and we're continuing to rack up debt, but nobody even talks about balancing the budget anymore. I mean, I love that in Indiana, we at least have a balanced budget amendment or, or it's in our constitution. We cannot take on debt. I so wish the federal government would take that on. I mean, at some point, not in our lifetimes, we could potentially pay off whatever this debt is, but so much of what the federal government does we don't need. We could do it on our own just fine.
0: Um, I, I <laughs> pay off okay, well you know what? Right now the budget is fifty billion dollars over what it's supposed to be, so uh, maybe not in our lifetimes, maybe in Kevin's. Uh, I don't know. I think it's possibly a scare tactic saying, we're going to shut down the government, partial government shutdown. And. Okay. Without government, how are we going to know where to go for lunch? Yeah, and maybe that's what they're terrified of, is that if they shut it down, we might realize how much we actually don't need them.
2: That is so true. Mm-hmm. And I want everybody who's listening within our radius, 60 miles radius of the Monument Circle here, mm-hmm. that, yes, pay attention. If they shut down, say, how has this affected me? Mm-hmm. And realize, it hasn't affected me at all. We don't need it.
0: So the one thing that shutdowns halted... Last time they shut the government down was small business loans. So the federal government really shouldn't be in the business of lending out money for housing I, or I, no, small businesses anyway. I
2: run the Lord's Chamber of Commerce, and I would think most, most of my members will tell me that they spend every bit as much time Mm -hmm. doing government compliance as they do actually serving their customers. Mm -hmm. And if they got rid of some of these regulations, they would easily forego these small business loans. Just unfortunately, the government has made it to where to compete on equal footing, everybody has to go after these loans. But if nobody was, I think they would enjoy it much more.
0: Okay, let's quickly talk about what's going on in your city of Lawrence. Ah, Hashtag why I love Lawrence. This is the Community Crossing Matching Grant Program, right? Yes. And it's a, in a partnership with the Indiana Department of Transportation and Hoosier Communities. So they just got a grant totaling more than $1.5 million for road improvement projects for 23.
2: I'm excited about this. Yeah. Which I think there's several other communities around the state that are they're getting grants, some bigger, some smaller. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it, it does. Then that beckons... What is the role of local government? What should they be doing? Streets, Mm -hmm. roads, fire, police. Mm -hmm. That is the role of local government. I am all in favor. Mm -hmm. So... I, I hate that we have to beg to the state to get money, but at least we're getting money.
0: Yeah, and I've got here in my notes, you know, obviously, when you talk federal government and then go down smaller, it's national defense number one, and then public safety, and then infrastructure. Right. The, that's, those, you, that's your that's job. It. That that uh, it, That's your job. That's we, it. We've
2: made it a lot harder than it needs to be, Casey. <laughs> you and I should be in
0: charge. <laughs> we are in charge, at least until noon. Um, <laughs> okay, and before we get to the news, uh, let's talk about what Tucker Carr. Carlson did. He was saying goodbye to Adam Kinzinger, and this was an epic roast. He He's talking about how Adam Kinzinger was replying to a Twitter post that Cat Turd made. I don't know if you follow Cat <laughs> I, I Turd. I do not follow
2: Cat Turd. You don't follow but... <laughs> Cat Turd on
0: Twitter? Um, well, apparently Adam Kinzinger does, and as he's saying goodbye, Tucker Carlson gave him a a farewell
1: treatment. Kinzinger made that clear the other day when he responded personally to a Twitter account called Cat Turd. <laughs> because when you're one of Washington's leading authorities on foreign policy, you spend a lot of time on Twitter reading accounts with names like Cat Turd. So the other day, Cat Turd made the mistake of posting a meme that seemed to mock the colors of the Ukrainian flag. Colors that are sacred to Adam Kinzinger and every other empathetic soccer mom in mid-40s. You can imagine how offensive that was. It was like telling an off-color joke about Meghan Markle. It could not stand. And so alone and battling debilitating hot flashes in his kitchen, fighting the urge to open yet another bag of chips ahoy, <laughs> Adam Kinzinger fought back. <laughs> Literal evil, he wrote in a late-night response to Cat Turd. If I met you in person, it would not end well. For you, sicko. Whoa! hear that cat turd it will not end well for you that's not a pillow fight adam kinziger is talking about that's a full-on slap fight with hair pulling this is real you'd better apologize our heart goes out to cat turd tonight who's probably cowering in a litter box somewhere waiting for adam Kinzinger to show up with sharpened nails mock the ukrainian flag get scratched those are the rules cat turd it's a tough town. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> you go, Cat
2: Turd. Cat Turd went from having 12 followers to now 12,000.
0: No, actually, Cat Turd always has had quite a few followers. Okay. But the video clip of Tucker Carlson got over a million views. So, yeah. It, 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 that so, is good comedy. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, his point is that Adam Kinzinger has nothing better to do than to comment on things that someone like cat turd, says on Twitter. These are the people while he's, he's leaving office. But it, these are the people that we're putting in charge of our country. This is your main concern, replying to Cat Turd on Twitter? The, in
2: the middle of the night, this this reinforces the fact that social media needs to have a warning after about 10 p.m. that says, uh, you've been drinking and it is late at night. Are you right. sure that you want to hit reply? Right,
0: right. Are you <laughs> sure? Maybe you should rethink that. It's uh, 1129. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 W. And coming up next, we're going to do a round of Biden fact-checking.
3: Good
0: morning, 1134. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93WIBC. And let's do a round of Biden fact-checking, shall we?
2: This will be fun because I think he's going to be wrong in every single one.
0: (laughs) All right. Joe Biden says that after he was elected vice president, he awarded his Uncle Frank with a purple heart that he earned at the Battle of the Bulge. Let's take a listen.
3: You know, uh, my dad, when I got elected vice president, he said, Joey, Uncle Frank fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He was not feeling very well now, not because of the Battle of the Bulge, but he said, and he won the Purple Heart. And he never received it. He never, he never got it. Do you think you could help him get it? We'll surprise him. So I got him the Purple Heart. He had won it in the Battle of the Balls. And I remember he came over to the house, and I came out, and he said, "Present it to him." Okay, we had the family there. I said, "Uncle Frank, you won this," and I went to him. He said, "I don't want the damn thing." No, I'm serious. He said, "I don't want it." I said, "What's the matter, Uncle Frank? You earned it." He said, "Yeah, but the others died." the other's died i lived i don't want it
0: okay so he's claiming that he gave his uncle frank the purple heart there's no evidence that any of this is true biden's uncle died in 1999
2: what's his name at least frank
0: biden wasn't elected vp until 2008 so he couldn't have given no. him a Purple Heart when he was vice president. You you had a battle of the so, bulge so, story. <laughs>
2: this is way off on a tangent, but I, I live out at one of the old officers' quarters at Fort Harrison, mm-hmm. and so our backyard is the state park. And, and when me and my now wife first moved in, it was like the first weekend in January or something, and the United States had had some little dust up with. the Iran, mm-hmm. and we woke up on a Saturday morning to like heavy artillery sounds and automatic weapons fire, and I'm like, man, either the drug dealers have decided to go to war, mm-hmm. or Iran is using a very old map to go after something in the United States. Turns out, every year, there is a Battle of the Bulge reenactment in my backyard, <laughs> and so I can go out on my back porch and see troops moving, and there's like... Half tracks and
0: so it's a reenactment, so it is
2: a true reenactment. There's automatic weapons fire, you can see people moving around. I have this perverse desire to go out there as a peasant and say, Please don't shoot our cows, (laughs) or open a third front. I'm not sure which I would want to do, but yes, so there's a Battle of the Bulge reenactment at Fort Harrison State Park every January.
0: Hmm. Well, you got free entertainment there. Uh,
2: And maybe we'll see Uncle Frank out there. I can go out there and put Uncle Frank on my uniform. He got his
0: purple heart from Joe Biden, (laughs) apparently. Okay, another thing we need to fact check. Biden said that he's been to Afghanistan and Iraq and those areas twice as president. Let's take a listen. You
3: know, uh, um, I think that there's... uh, I've been in and out, not as uh, obviously combatant, but in and out of Afghanistan, Iraq, and his areas 38, 39 times. Uh, not as president, only twice as president, but from the time I was a senator, but particularly when I was vice president. Okay.
0: So he said he's been to Afghanistan and Iraq twice as president. He's not been to either country as president.
2: No. Okay. Now, I was thinking that maybe he was confused when he's, he was thinking, I've been to the Middle East because Virginia is right here next to D.C.
0: Mm. But. <laughs> he claimed he's been to Afghanistan and Iraq 38, 39 times, uh, 50, 48 times, 38, 40 times. Can't make up his mind what the number is. What are you going to land on, Joe? <laughs> the actual number. Closer to twenty one. Could you imagine? But not as president. Could you imagine being one of
2: his advisors trying to guess what tangent? Right. That where is he going Uncle, Uncle with Uncle Joe this? is going to go on and like, all right, we got to deliver him the facts. Mm-hmm. And yes, how, how do we know if he's going to go off ta- go off the rails on how many times he's been to Afghanistan or Iraq or places in that neighborhood?
0: Okay, and then there's this. Here's the question: Did he just insult people of Irish descent?
3: I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. I married Dominic Giacoppa's daughter, so you know I got an little Italian in me now. You know.
0: I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid.
2: Uh, he also, I think, insulted the uh, Italian Italians too.
0: <laughs> so, yes. Well, his uh, press secretary, you know, she she truly is an amazing communicator. One one of the best tops, right?
2: Are you going to say her name so I can do? my— Karine
0: Jean-Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have no idea what she's talking about here. Honestly, I didn't put in the effort to figure it out because I really didn't care that much. <laughs> you know why?
2: I love that you admit you phoned it
0: in. Seriously, it doesn't even matter. Listen to this.
4: Yeah, I've seen those rep- that reporting. Look, you know, I, I think we think that it's, it's being a little bit... Um, uh, 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 how do I say it's a? Uh, you know, I think there's too much too much weight being put what? into that, uh, and uh, you know, uh, and how the market may have moved in a minor way. Uh, you know, I don't I don't really have much more to add uh, to that, uh, but I have seen the reports on it, and uh, again, I think it's just being a little bit. Uh, we're we're looking into it a little bit too much, I think. But is the White House and Treasury looking into it at all, or are you just not worried about it? Okay. Look, I think that. Um, look I th- when it, th- I can tell you this there were no leaks from here I can tell you for def- definitively uh, or at least I'm not an, any aware of any leaks and I know they were very strict uh, security protocols to prevent leaks uh, but I think again people may be reading a little bit too much into this uh, s- into uh, some of the minor market movements and so anything more I would I would refer you to the Department of Labor
0: okay so she just said in her own answer I can definitively tell you I, that I'm aware of. I, I I don't know.
2: That wasn't even word salad. <laughs> <laughs> was, so I wish we had a bunch of clips from the, uh, the Simpsons uh, or Nuts, Simpson South Park episode where they had uh, turd sandwich versus giant douche, and in one of in the debate one of the answers was they just kept trying to fill up the sixty seconds allotted for the mm-hmm. answer, and they said absolutely nothing. That's what that was. I expected her to right. say, "Oh, I'm sorry. Look at the clock. We, you know, we have to be out of here we by." Get rolling. Nope. Yeah, we got to be out of here by noon, and. The, you know we only have fifteen seconds, and I can't continue on.
0: She she has nothing more to add to that. She's got she, she's, she had nothing.
2: She, she didn't have anything she, she less didn't, to didn't, add either.
0: She didn't even begin to <laughs> no, add. No, you didn't. How add can you anything. have anything more to add when you had nothing to start with? Uh, <laughs> it is eleven forty-one. This is the Kendall and Casey show on ninety-three WIBC. That is Brad Klafenstein sitting in for Rob today. And uh, quickly, let's mention about Ron DeSantis. Seven donors contributed more than one. Million dollars each to his reelection efforts. So, friends of Ron DeSantis, they got some bank, huh? They uh, Florida politics noted that his committee raised nearly 171 million dollars.
2: That's a lot for a governor's race.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I wonder if he's planning on running for anything else. You think? Oh,
0: maybe. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some of his uh, his big investors. Ten million was donated by Robert Bigelow. Who's Robert Bigelow? He is the founder and president of Bigelow Aerospace. Oh. Five million was donated by Kenneth Griffin, who is the major owner of Citadel, and we just talked about him last week. How he is suing the IRS because they leaked his tax. Uh, returns, and he is the second largest taxpayer in the country, and he gave five million dollars to Ron DeSantis. Two million came from uh, a PAC group, and um, the Seminole Tribe of Florida, which owns the Hard Rock brand of casinos and hotels and restaurants, that's a mighty big brand. Mm-hmm. They uh, they gave Ron DeSantis two million dollars. 1.25 million was donated by Walter Buckley Jr. And we've also got uh, 1.1 1. 1 million donated by David McNeil, who's CEO of WeatherTech. Oh. They're the guys that you you put their product down yeah, in I, your car, in your truck. I think those might be
3: manufactured
0: out of them. Mm hmm. All right. So, meanwhile, a USA Today and uh, Suffolk University poll says that Republicans support DeSantis over Donald Trump by double-digit margin in a hypothetical run. And according <laughs> according to this, with $171 million, he's got the cash to uh, run a complete campaign, and I would... I would only imagine more would come rolling in if he were ever to make it official.
2: Yeah, it is. people are quickly getting off the Trump train. Mm-hmm. So it's. I, it says a double-digit lead. I, when they say double-digit, that will quickly be a 20-point lead, yeah. if not more.
0: Tony Kinnett, I thought, had a really wise take on this last week when he was here. And he said that he thinks that Ron DeSantis isn't going to officially announce anything. He's going to wait to be asked to run and pull the George Washington Like, I'm not going to tell you I'm running. I'm going to wait until you need me so badly. You're going to come and beg me.
2: Rarely does that work out for most candidates and politicians. Mm -hmm. However,
0: how did we get here? Yeah. In this this
2: instance. (laughs) Right. He might be on to something. It's kind of like our very own abdul
0: yeah um okay so it's going to be a cold christmas we've got starbucks workers uh that are what they're they're going on strike and uh, we've got a few last things that we want to touch on before tony well i don't even think it's tony katz because he's on vacation everybody's on vacation right now this is the kendall and casey show on 93 wibc Whether it's audiobooks
4: or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if
0: Cascali is right for you. She was trying to settle the age-old debate and finally came up with an answer. Talking about Kate Winslet. And the Titanic debate over the infamous door scene, uh, could Jack have fit on the door? You, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? That's you, Kevin. Yes. <laughs>
3: I'll
0: never let go. I promise. <laughs> okay, so there, there's Rose on the door. KC show on 93 W So Kate Winslet appeared on the uh, Happy Sad Confused podcast and she was asked, could Jack have fit on the door? And her answer I love her answer. <laughs> are you ready for I'm it? I'm ready, bring it, hit me. I don't believe it, no.
2: <laughs> You're right. Because they've, that glosses over the whole fact that apparently the water was not cold when they were still in the ship. Mm-hmm. But then everybody's freezing to death once they're outside. I'm sorry. she, They went back and forth more times. There's all sorts of errors in how that whole thing went down. Mm-hmm. I thought the same thing. I was like, well, okay... Maybe you try to invite Jack to get on top of the door, see what happens.
0: Everybody thought Jack could have fit on the door. And here I thought, she's asked about this. She's going to go off on some, you know, I don't know, pro-woman stance. And instead she says, I don't know. I don't know. I showed my cans and he sketched me and... (laughs) She she actually, yeah, she actually went on after she thought about it for a little bit and she said, I actually don't believe that we would have survived if we had both gotten on the door. I think it could have fit us for a little bit, but it would have tipped and it wouldn't have been a sustainable idea. So, yes, he could have fit on the door, but it wouldn't have stayed afloat. That's uh. Kate Winslet finally answering the age-old debate, right? Okay, so what's going on uh, with these Starbucks workers? The Clarksville workers unionized in September to ask for better wages, secure benefits, and better treatment from management. It was Indiana's only unionized Starbucks, right? They wanted uh, to have they wanted to negotiate a collective bargaining agreement right for all of these good things they said they did it in good faith and uh they went on strike last friday in tandem with hundreds of other stores nationwide and you were questioning does that change my starbucks impact at all or Mm -hmm. my, my consumption of starbucks and considering the one on the circle here located next to WIBC closed down, <laughs> and I only went there once anyway. No. <laughs> no I'm not, not impacting me at all. I had to
2: look it up. There are three within four-tenths of a mile of here. Yeah. There's one in the Hyatt. There's one at 225 West Washington, which might be the... Um, oh, um, got right across from the State House, And then there's one in the Marriott at mm-hmm. 350 West Maryland. But I find it funny... Every Christmas I end up getting Starbucks scads gift cards of Starbucks gift cards. Mm-hmm. I go to Starbucks on about the 1st of never. Yeah. And so I end up re-gifting them typically.
0: Yeah. I I just, you know, I to me I, it's I like my own coffee from home better and why am I going to pay such an overpriced amount for coffee that I don't even enjoy. I mean, I would say, oh, it's a treat, but really it's not even anymore. No,
2: they, they basically sell desserts. So does Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. and they, They're doing the same thing. And it, and it used to be that Starbucks, I mean, they're 17 an hour, used to be quite a bit above food service levels. Mm-hmm. But...
0: Not anymore. Not they're anymore. All, they're they're, all in, the they're same in line level. with
2: the people of Popeyes.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about some sports that are going on. You had put uh, you had sent me an email or a, a note rather, talking about the uh, college bowl games. NFL playoffs are on the horizon. Purdue basketball is kicking butt right now. Is this the best time of year to be a sports fan? Yes.
2: Heck yeah, it is. Yes, it It, is. The weather sucks outside, but you've got all this great sports going on around us. The city of Indianapolis kind of had a turd of a well, weekend. except but... for the
0: Colts, we'll leave them out of that. Well, right?
2: actually, the Pacers—they gave up a couple big leads too. It wasn't just the Colts that gave up big leads and mm-hmm. and sucked. And IU did not look very good on Saturday. But the Boilermakers, on mm-hmm. the other hand, your mm-hmm. number one ranked Purdue Boilermakers mm-hmm. uh, took it to Davidson.
0: It took them 34 days to go from being unranked to number one.
2: I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. it I. It's a solid team. Finally, in my lifetime, I've got my fingers crossed. This might be the final four year.
0: Okay, so uh, they're gonna do it with old fashioned grit and guts. You and think?
2: A, and a guy that's seven foot six.
0: Not a lot of finesse.
2: <laughs> yeah. They move the ball well. They're playing well. They don't have one star that's mm-hmm. that's gonna just be a black hole where the ball goes in and you never see it again. So I I think that this could be the year, which it, Really, the entire Big Ten, top to bottom, is solid. Mm-hmm. So,
0: Are you going to start your bracket now? Oh, maybe. I, I,
2: <laughs> a little I,
0: early for that.
2: It is, but it, it also means that the Big Ten network is going to get the bulk of my viewing for the next two months.
0: So let's talk about a little college football. I know it's, it's a little early for that, but man, we can never talk about that too soon, right? Okay, so you've got Notre Dame playing South Carolina. That, to me... That to me sounds kind of like a boring game. Like the Purdue versus LSU game? That's going to be a better game to watch. It will
2: be. Now, all these bowl games are interesting just because most of the stars for all these teams Mm -hmm. seem to opt out so that they don't get injured and don't hurt their draft prospects. Mm. In the case of Purdue, they've got an interim head coach mm-hmm. that's from the old regime. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees is coming in as a quarterbacks coach, which is really freaking cool.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I know people but, been watching Drew Brees for twenty years. Hey, let's make this permanent.
2: Yes, and, and now and then Purdue also has a new head coach that mm-hmm. used to be Illinois' defensive coordinator, and for, by all accounts, this dude is all world. So I I am looking forward to that. But so, but to your point to Notre Dame South Carolina game mm-hmm. I believe that's the Gator Bowl I I think I, I'm sorry, I put you on the spot. No, I, I didn't I don't write know that inter- one down.
0: And you think I would know that? I, I don't, don't have it in my yeah, notes you're, because you're I'm Notre so Dame I'm per- so unimpressed by it. Like it's Notre Dame, and yeah. Well, whatever.
2: Notre Dame started off the year so soft, and they lost mm-hmm. to Marshall, and right? yeah, they, And they've got a new head coach, and I think there was low expectations, and they finally came around and played better, and got to a decent, a semi-decent bowl game. But you're right, it it doesn't enthuse their their fan base like a normal Notre Dame season would.
0: Some bowl games that you have to look forward to the san diego county credit union bowl hooray the cheese bowl
2: oh i will eat lots of
0: cheese the duke's mayonnaise bowl
2: (laughs) maybe not as much mayonnaise. the
0: post hawaii bowl oh it's getting good hey thanks brad for coming in today thank you casey thank you kevin kevin good job thank you for everything and thank you for listening rob kendall is back tomorrow and we're going to count on you to be here it is the kendall and casey show on 93 wibc